Okay, for those people watching this, because we are filming these, uh, I'll just show it to you. That is probably the last time you ever see that, because I think it needs to go. <laughs> I'm not a psycho, I had normal hair until a couple of hours ago, and tomorrow I'll just look like a skinhead instead of a bogan skinhead, and it'll be okay. Um, page 14 of the booklet is where we are, if you want to take notes, which I highly recommend. As I said before, I really do love you guys, and I'm really excited to show you some stuff from God's Word. I don't want any of you to miss them. So even though Matt prayed, I'm going to pray again. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, I thank you so much that you speak to us in your word. And Father, I pray for these people in this room that not one person would miss what you have to say to them tonight. Father, please give us soft hearts that are ready to listen and understand You are so amazing, God, and I pray that uh, we would see that, and I pray that you'd give us hope, I pray that you would help us to see the amazing things you're going to do, and I pray that would radically change all of our lives. God, I pray that from this moment, ripples will go out to the ends of the earth, and I pray that from your word here, in in a hundred years, if you haven't come back before then, the ripples will still be echoing through what you do in your people uh, through your word tonight. Father, um, you do answer prayer. You've done it with the rain today. You did it with the rain yesterday. We thank you for that. We pray you'd hear this and answer it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what do you think heaven will be like? I want to fire up your curiosity right now. Get your imaginations going. Heaven, what do you think it will be like? Uh, Will there be all the stuff there that there is here, like grass and mountains and trees and the sky, the beach, steak, chocolate. Will I have a body in heaven? If I do, what will it be like? How old will it be? Will it be the same body I have now? Will I still have like any tattoos that I've got or scars? Will I be able to fly in heaven? If you see someone in heaven, will you recognize them? Will you remember that they were your friend? Will there even be room for everyone in heaven? What what would we do there? Will we play rugby, the game that they play in heaven, it's said? Will we play Xbox? That's true. That's a quote from someone. Will we play Xbox? Will we surf? Will there be perfect three-foot clean waves, offshore winds all the time? Will we sleep? Will we eat food? Will we maybe get bored? I wonder if you ask that. Will God be there? If he is there, will he be everywhere? How will that work? I want you just quickly to talk to the person right next to you and just say, what do you think heaven will be like? Or what questions do you have about heaven? Okay. I hope you had some fun. You can keep thinking about that all week, right? But let me tell you some stuff. Because that's the question that we're going to be asking all week. 
What are we waiting for? Okay? Christianity is a message of hope. Something good to look forward to. Now, I don't know. Do you ever wake up in the morning and feel like, man, I've got nothing to look forward to today? I don't know if any of you felt like that today. But it's really hard to get out of bed. You know, and I feel there's nothing good today to look forward to. Life sucks when you've got nothing to look forward to. But on the flip side, when you do have something to look forward to, it is awesome. It's like the light at the end of the tunnel and you can just keep going. Or if it's really good, it's that thing that pumps you up and you just feel so good. That's hope. And Christianity is about hope. The Bible talks a lot about it. But what is that hope? What are we waiting for? And my goal for you this week is just to paint as clearly as I can from the Bible exactly what we're looking forward to. Because there is a lot of confusion about it. I mean, how many of you, this is your picture of heaven? People in angels' wings and nighties, on clouds eating cream cheese. Far out. That would be so boring. Don't you reckon? I've got good news for you. It will be nothing like that. Okay? The Bible describes something totally different to that. So what are we waiting for? What will heaven be like? If you're taking notes, point number one, not clouds and harps, not clouds and harps. We're waiting for the rock solid new creation. Have a look at Revelation chapter 21 in your Bibles. You want to keep them open. Nothing I say has any value if it's not straight from here. If you don't have a Bible, I want you to talk to your leader. We've got a bunch. We'll give them to you. But what we're going to do in Revelation 21 is read the end of the story, God's story, the happy ending that beats any other happy ending. You know those endings of stories that surprise you? That's just like, that's way better than I expected. This is one of them. Have a listen. Listen. Revelation 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. How good's that? The story ends like this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now, have you ever had that experience of deja vu? Like, I swear this has happened before. Yeah? That's, the, it, that's what you're supposed to feel when you read those words. I swear this has happened before. Do you know where? Right at the start of the Bible, the Bible opens with these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the story starts with God creating the heavens and the earth, and it finishes with God creating a new heavens and a new earth. And so here's the first surprise. The end of the story is not the end of the story. When you come to the end, what you find is another beginning. It's only the beginning of the real story. All our life in this world, yes, it matters, but it's only like the cover and title page. And now we're beginning chapter one of the real story. Now at last, the story that no one on earth has ever read. The story that goes on forever. And in which every chapter is better than the one before. I love it. At the end of the story is a beginning. But there's another surprise. See, um, do you see how Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth? 
What does that mean? Right at the start of the Bible, uh, in the beginning, God created a heaven, uh, the heavens and the earth. What does that mean? The universe. And so right there, the word heaven actually means sky. It's just saying, in the beginning, God created up there and down there, the sky and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word heaven in the Bible has a couple of meanings. Um, it means sometimes the place where God is, but other times um, it literally just means the sky. And so um, here we have um, in the first creation, God created the heavens and the earth, the sky and the earth, the universe, a rock solid physical creation, the one we're in. And man, how good is it? When I was writing these talks, um, I was writing them in Lotus Cafe in Wombrel. Anyone know Lotus Cafe? Yeah, shout out. Good cafe. Great to write talks in. For a break, I went down to the beach because it's like such a short walk. And, um, and I was, it was the best day. The sun was out. The water was warm and clear. The waves were awesome. And I'd forgot my surfboard, so I decided I'd go for a run. And I was running along the beach just going, ah, <laughs> this is amazing. I was just like, man, God did a good job. Would you agree with that? God did a good job. It is amazing, this creation. But here's the surprise, right? The story started with a rock-solid creation. The story ends with another rock-solid physical creation. These words in Revelation 21 are meant to tell us the new creation will be like the first creation. This incredible rock-solid creation, the new creation, will be like this. Incredible and rock solid. God will create a new heaven and a new earth. That's, you could say, a new universe. How good is that? With stuff in it. Stuff you can feel. Stuff you can smell. Stuff you can eat and run on and dig through and swim in. Now, we don't know exactly what it's going to be like. But right here, God is saying to us that he wants us to know that this creation is a clue to what the new creation will be like, what God is going to do. So I want you to forget that stupid picture of people floating on clouds because the new creation won't be as much like that as it will be like that. And I find this so exciting because I think that that cloud picture has made us think that God probably won't do quite as good a job with the new creation as he did with this one. And I love it. This truth from the Bible just shows how ridiculous that is. Do you really think that God is going to let his everlasting new creation be worse than the temporary old creation? To make this creation, God invented some pretty amazing things. The color yellow. The taste of mangoes, my favorite fruit, yeah? And music and stars and uh, water and dancing and the beach and clouds and trees and oxygen and coffee. What makes you think that God is going to waste that stuff? I think there's good reason from the Bible to think that nothing good that God has invented will be missing from the new creation. Or if it, if it is, it'll only be because God has replaced it with something better. Kind of like how you can draw a house and the real house is a lot better. Nothing's missing, but the real house is a lot better. 
Just imagine it. Yellow will be, if anything, more vivid. Mangoes will taste, if anything, more mango-y. This creation is the bare minimum of how good that new creation will be. Now, how many of you guys like this creation? If you like this creation, you will love God's new creation. That's what we're waiting for, not clouds and harps. I want you to lock this phrase in your head, the rock-solid new creation. That's what God is going to be. I mean, just imagine if there are colors that God hasn't even shown us yet or flavors that God is just waiting for us to try. Now, do you want to know more about what it'll be like? We're going to keep digging a bit deeper. First of all, how will God do it? And if you take a note, the next thing to write down, it will be our universe reborn. See, God is not just going to give up on this universe and toss it on the scrap heap. He's got a far more amazing picture He loves this world. He's got a plan for this world. Got your Bible? Turn to Romans chapter 8. I'm going to pick it up in verse 18. Ready for this? It'll come up behind me as well. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Some huge things in God's word there. Verse 19 says creation, this creation is waiting. It's waiting in hope. Now what's it waiting for? We'll look at verse 21. It says there, it's waiting for liberation, which means to be set free. It's not waiting to be thrown into the scrap heap. It's waiting to be set free. Set free from what? From its, it says there, bondage to decay. And the Bible is very honest and real about the fact that this world is messed up. How many of you, you feel that? In your own lives, that this world, even nature itself, is actually broken. Natural disasters. Death. Sickness. I know Lots of you guys have felt the effects of that in your life. And God's world is so realistic about it. It says, yes, this world is messed up. But look at verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth. And and the Bible says it's because of evil. It's because we ruined it. We introduced evil and broke it. And so now our world is groaning in pain. But this passage says that pain is like the pain of childbirth. It's hurting, but it's a sign that something good is coming. It's going to be born. Born. God is going to fix it. Have you ever felt the brokenness of this world and wondered, does God care? 
Why doesn't God do something about the, this messed up world if he's such a good God? He will. He's going to fix it. God has an amazing plan. This creation will be reborn. It's not that God will just put this in the bin and start again from scratch. There will be a genuine continuity from this creation to the new creation. Because God loves this creation. He made this creation and he's going to set this creation free. The new creation will be our universe reborn. But something has to happen first. Point B, if you're taking notes. But first... This universe has to pass away. See, the question is, how will our universe be reborn? Will it be just a slight change? No. It will be a huge cataclysmic event in which this universe will be destroyed, perish, pass away, be melted down, ready to start afresh. So turn to 2 Peter chapter 3 in your Bibles. It will come up on the screen, but I want you to see it for yourself if you've got a Bible. 2 Peter 3. It says this. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear. Remember what we've seen that means, the heavens. Uh, will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and everything in them will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. The elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. How hectic is that? The heavens will pass away with a roar. The elements will be set on fire and will melt. The new creation will be our universe reborn. But before that happens, this universe is going to pass away. It's going to be melted down. And so that's why in Revelation 21, when we go back there, you'll notice it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. I'll give you the picture I have of it, okay? This is a picture of my car. It's no stallion. Um, it's been in three crashes. Uh, it's, um, three of the door handles don't work. Um, I've driven it through hedges accidentally. I've hit the curb a few times. Um, the front right tyre goes down, so I always have to pump it up again about once a week. Um, it's scrapped up. It's in a pretty bad state. Also, um, I'm told that it smells pretty bad. I can't smell it. Apparently it does. Now imagine if Ferrari came to me and said, hey, can we do something with your car? I'd be like, heck yes. What do you want to do? Like put a new engine in it? That would be pretty sweet. They're like, no, it's way too messed up for that. It needs a fresh start. We're going to melt it down and then we'll remake it as a Ferrari GT. <laughs> yes. It's pretty good news, right? 
That's the picture I have of what's going to happen. Our universe is going to be reborn, but first it has to be melted down. And so it'll still be my car, but it'll be totally new and way, way better. Now, let me tell you what all that means for you, right? If you knew that Ferrari was going to remake your car, melt it down and rebuild it, would you spend heaps of money putting in a new CD player and fresh speakers and giving it mag wheels? Heck no. There's no point. Knowing that this world is going to pass away changes what you invest your lives in. Don't invest your life in stuff that's just going to pass away. Having a nice house, it's going to be melted down. A nice car, a lot of money, a pile of CDs. Why would you invest your life in that? It's all going to pass away. Before you invest time or energy or caring or money into anything, ask yourself this question. Will this matter in the new creation? Every time you make a decision, it gives you such good perspective. Will this matter in the new creation? Because lots of things won't. Lots of things will simply pass away. Guys, get this perspective on life. Our universe is going to be melted down. So don't invest yourself and your life in stuff that will pass away. Ask yourself, will this matter in the new creation? Find out what things will matter and live for those things. Let me give you two things that will matter in the new creation. Number one, God and His glory. And number two, people. God and His glory. Everything that you do in this life that shows and helps people see and displays how amazing God is will echo for eternity in the new creation. As we look back on this life and see everything that God has done and we praise Him for it. Anything you do for God's glory will matter will echo for eternity. Number two, people. Right? Every single person will live forever in one of two places. And any person who puts their trust in Jesus will get to be in the new creation forever. So invest your life in getting them there. That will matter. Now, I'll say one other thing on this point. Some Christians think that it's kind of like our job to help this creation become the new car. So we should care for the environment and look after the sick and make sure there are good governments because this is all like helping our world get closer to the new creation. Now, they're all really good things to do, but for another reason, not for this reason, because we don't really make the new creation. God's going to do it. And he's going to make it by making this world pass away. So actually, this world won't even survive. 
It would be like putting a new stereo in a car you know is just going to be melted down. It doesn't make any sense. So we should still do those things. We should still care for the environment. We should still look after the sick. We should still um, seek good governments. But we should do that because God says to love people and fight for justice and to look after his world, not because we think that it'll make the new creation come quicker or anything like that. And also we should do it because it'll bring God glory when we do it for him. And that will last forever. So go and do those good things, but remember the things that will ultimately matter. God's glory and people being saved. And make sure that those are the big things in your life. Don't invest your life in things that will pass away. Invest in stuff that matters. Reorder your priorities tonight. Okay, let's just all point out the fact that it is now raining. If you didn't zip up your tent, do not move. Curtis is going to physically zip every single tent. With help. But can we, do you reckon we can regather this for a second? Because we're almost done, but there's a couple more amazing things I want to show you. Because we've, all, we've only really seen how God is going to do it, but we haven't really seen what it's actually going to be like. And so here's big point number two. We are waiting for a restored new creation. Free from evil and pain and death. Come back to Revelation chapter 21 with me in your Bible. And we're going to look at verse 4. I love these words. He will wipe... This is talking about God, yeah? He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. See, this is how God's going to fix the world. The new creation will be a restored new creation. He's making it new, fresh, the way it was supposed to be. And so all of the mess, God is going to heal. All the pain. Isn't that an amazing picture of God in verse 4? God is personally wiping every tear from your eyes. I know many of you guys have poured out a lot of tears. I've poured out a lot of tears. Does God care? Yes. And He is perfectly, personally going to wipe every tear away from your eyes. The King is going to wipe your tears away. Do you know any King like that? I love our Saviour God. He is so good. Just being with Him will cause the end of all our tears. Now look at verse 4. What does it say won't be in the new creation? There will be no more death. Death is our greatest enemy. It takes away everything that's precious to us. In the new creation, we will never go to a funeral. We will never feel the heartache of death again. Verse 4 says, There will be no more crying or mourning. You will have nothing to be sad about. That's hard to imagine. But there's a promise from God. 
He is going to restore the new creation so well that there will be nothing to be sad about. No more war. No more injustice. No more poverty. No more loneliness. No more fighting. No more betrayal. No more anxiety. No more fear. No more heartbreak. There will be no more pain, none. Nothing but pure, untainted happiness forever. But here's a question for you. What do you think will be the best thing about it? Will it be surfing endlessly perfect three-foot glassy waves? Will it be being able to play as much PlayStation as you want? Well, I'll tell you a story. My favorite musician is Jack Johnson. Yeah? Who's who likes Jack Johnson? Thank you. He's a bit old school, but he's still so, so cruisy and chilled out. I love it. Um, now, a few years ago, I went down to a Jack Johnson concert in Sydney. Um, and oh, my goodness, it was so good. I was like loving it, being there. And, um, and I remember having like sometimes weird things happen to me. And I have like this just perspective on life in the middle of a weird situation. And I was looking at it and I realized... The food stands. That's not the point. The crowd and all those people here. That's not the point. The music, even the music. That's not the point. I've got all of his CDs. I didn't need to go to listen to the music. What's the point? Jack Johnson being there. That's the, that's the whole point. That's who I was there to see. Imagine, like this would just flip my brain out, if uh, Jack Johnson looked down from the stage and said, you, I want to hang out with you. I'm coming back to your place. We'll go surfing. Imagine that. Okay, now just imagine this. Imagine if the God who invented the notes that Jack Johnson plays said that. Imagine hanging out with the God that is so powerful that he created the universe with just a word. The God so creative that he's made every human being that's ever lived different. The God um, that created the beach. I mean, I love the beach. Imagine hanging out with the God that created the beach and designed it and put it there for us to enjoy. Imagine hanging out with a God who loves you more than you even love yourself. It would be cool to hang out with Jack Johnson. Imagine how cool it would be to hang out with God. That's the point. That's what the Bible says will be the best part about the new creation. We will be reunited in two ways. We'll be reunited with God and we'll be reunited with his people. Okay. So if you're taking notes, here's point three. We are waiting for a reunited new creation together forever with the with the God of the universe, with God and with his people. You can see it there in verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. What the heck? That's insane. 
the dwelling place of God is with man. You will get to live with the God who made the universe, the almighty, holy, loving, perfect, righteous, glorious, eternal, infinite, amazing God. Right now, we've got a relationship with God. But it's kind of like a long-distance relationship. You can't see him. Um, and, and, you know, he's not like he's here with us, but he's not yet here with us like he will be. And so in the new creation, that long-distance relationship will become a face-to-face relationship. We will be reunited with God. Now I'm not making up the face-to-face part. Revelation chapter 22 verse 3 says, uh, or verse 4 says, they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. Just imagine that. Face-to-face with the infinite God. You are his and he is yours. Seeing his glory that shines so bright, Revelation 21 says, you don't even need the sun. And we will be with him forever. Now, if you don't understand how that's the best part, it's only because you don't understand how amazing our God is. We will be with him forever, loving him, serving him, standing in awe of him, worshipping him, praising him, standing in the rock concert to end all rock concerts, Uh, One voice among millions of voices shouting and singing his praises. This is the number one reason, by the way, that eternity won't be boring. um, Because it will take eternity to get to know an infinite God. I think this is how it will work. God will show us something amazing about himself. And you know when you see something amazing, you flip out. You'll just like flip out in amazement about how how nuts that is. And you'll just spend like the next thousand years just spazzing out about how amazing he is in joy and amazement and praising him and loving him. And just when you think you're getting ahead around that, God will be like, wait a minute, you haven't seen anything yet. And he'll show you something else. And because he's infinite, we'll never run out of things to be amazed at. And the best feelings in life are always the ones where you're just amazed. And if you're worried that it might be something you won't enjoy, think about this. Everything that you love and enjoy, God made that. He gave it its goodness. And so imagine how good God is. The most love uh, you've ever experienced, God is way more loving. Just imagine soaking up his love. The funniest thing you've ever heard. Man, I reckon God is probably a pretty funny guy. He's made a lot of funny things. I reckon you could spend like 50,000 years just laughing at his jokes. God designed the beauty of the best sunset you've ever seen. The sort of sunset that causes car accidents. Because people see it in their rear vision mirror and take their eyes off the road. The sort of sunset that you can't look away from and kind of you stop walking and look at it. God designed that. Now just imagine if God had gave that its beauty, how beautiful God will be. You could spend a million years just in awe of that beauty. And there's more we could say. We're just scratching the surface of our infinite, eternal, surprising, amazing, huge, majestic, glorious God. 
the best thing about the new creation will be that God will be there. It will be centered around the throne of God and of the Lamb. That's Jesus. And so it will be, if you take notes, be the perfected kingdom, which means God's people in God's place with God, enjoying his rule and his blessing. Now this week, we're going to be learning a lot about the kingdom of God. And that's a good thing because it's the biggest theme in the whole Bible, God's kingdom. The story of the Bible is God establishing his kingdom. And so right here at the end of the Bible in the new creation, we see the ultimate version of the kingdom, where it's all heading. Um, So you can join Jesus' kingdom now, but it's invisible. The new creation will be the visible, completed, perfected kingdom of God. And also, the last thing to say is, we'll not only be reunited with God, but we'll be reunited with God's people. And so that's what the holy city in verse 2 represents. It's a city, right? Cities have people. Uh, And so verse 2 of Revelation 21 says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And so later in the chapter, you find out that that is uh, talking about the church, God's people. Not the church building, the church, the people. And so as Christians, we know that we will be reunited with each other and we'll live in a perfect community of love forever. Anyone that you know who has died a Christian will be there. And so the question is, will you be there? How good is the future? that God has in store for us. Man, we have covered a lot of ground. I reckon you should just step back and let that that sink in for a second. What are we waiting for? We're waiting for the rock-solid, restored, reunited new creation, infinite happiness that gets better and better and never ends with God and His people. That's something to look forward to, eh? Compared to that, what's this world? Do you know what, um, what this world is like? Do you know when you rent a DVD and there's that thing at the start that you have to watch goes for 50 seconds? You wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't, I don't even know the rest of it. Um, compared with the new creation, this world is that 50 second ad before the real movie. It's so short and so rubbish by comparison. Now, how crazy would it be if someone was like, I don't care about the movie. I'm just going to enjoy this trailer. And there's like stuff in their face with popcorn. And I'm going to make, and they like eat so much they pass out before the movie even starts. You're like, what the heck? You are so missing the whole point. That would be crazy. But so many people spend their whole life focused on this life. This life isn't even the main event. The new creation is. There's the movie. There's the thing you really want. The rock solid, restored, reunited new creation. So three quick things to finish. Number one, don't miss out on being in the new creation. Verse 8 of Revelation 21 says that not everyone will be there. Find out this week how you can make sure that you're there. Maybe you don't believe in God. How certain are you that there's no God? Because if there's a chance that this is real, you want to be there. Find out how to get there. Number two, look forward to being in the new creation. 
It will be better than anything this world has to offer, even fat. And number three, praise God for the new creation that he's going to make. He's got an incredible plan. It's definitely more than we deserve. How good is he? Love him. Be stoked about him and praise him. Let me pray. Father, thank you. You are so good. We, we love to praise you now. We look forward to praising you forever. And we thank you so much that you're going to fix this world. You're going to take away our pain. And we're going to be with you forever. Father God, I pray please that there would not be a single person in this room who would miss out on being there. God, I pray that people would care about this. Uh, that yeah, people would uh, find out how to put their trust in Jesus. That's so simple, God. I pray that you would change hearts and that we would all be together there forever. Um, and Father God, I pray that you would help us to look forward to it and not live for this world. In Jesus' name, amen.